From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, a special edition of Washington Watch. Now, occasionally, it is nice to step back from the breaking news and take uh, a deeper look at issues of both concern and interest. At least a couple of times a month, I speak at churches or other events. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of traveling these days, but I do like to get outside of D.C. and spend time with real people. And it's always instructive to hear what's on people's minds, what they're concerned about, and what they're focused on. The questions I get asked tell me a lot about where people are. And for the last couple of years, one of the questions I get most frequently, almost every time I speak somewhere, this is a question I get. Where do you get your news? What are trusted sources that you can share with us? You know, I think it's a great question. Because Scripture instructs us to use discernment in the information that we ingest. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world." true words. Now, some might say, oh, that that sounds harsh. might be harsh, but it's true. And I'm encouraged that people are actually asking this important question. It tells me that they're thinking and they are applying discernment. And given the bias of the media today and the spiritual forces that are at work in our country and in our culture, this question matters. So, this is the topic for today. We look at the trends and why people are asking this question. Then I'll share the sources that I look to. In fact, I'll have some of them on the program today. Rob Bluey from The Daily Signal, John Grano from The Christian Post, and Brittany Hughes, Managing Editor of MRC TV, will join me in just a moment. And by the way, this question and the motivation for it was part of what turned this program, Washington Watch, into a television or video format. And it's also behind the launch of the Washington Stand. Suzanne Bowdy, editorial director and senior writer at the Washington Stand, will join me for that conversation a little later here on Washington Watch. And by the way, as we end the year, let me thank all of those who have partnered with the Family Research Council that has made this program possible. We receive no government money. Uh, We don't have any advertisers. We are totally supported by folks like you. And if you'd like to stand with the Family Research Council financially, thanks to a special year-end challenge match by friends of FRC, your gift will have double the impact if received before December the 31st. So to partner with us, simply give us a call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. Or visit TonyPerkins.com anytime, and you can partner with us there. All right, we've been watching this in the last months of this year. News and entertainment media companies have laid off thousands of workers with little indication that the economy will change to interrupt this trend anytime soon. I think it's more than the economy. I think it's people turning away from the bias that we've seen in the legacy media. I mean, we've seen CNN, Gannett Newspapers Group, Facebook, Twitter, ABC, and BuzzFeed. The list of media companies purging their staff goes on and on. Now, I think 
You know, I, I know that, that the advertising budgets in the current Biden economy are squeezed. But how much of this is due to consumers, people like you and me, turning these sources off just because of the fact that they're biased and they, they, they almost drip with disdain for the views we have of this country? Joining me now to discuss this in more is Brittany Hughes. She is the managing editor of MRC TV. Brittany, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. Glad to be here. All right, layoffs have uh, you know, been all through the news media companies for, for years, but this year was particularly stark. Why was the trend so pronounced in 2022? So I think that there are two notable reasons. One you already touched upon, which is the economy, which I do think is at least somewhat of a factor. And I find that to be very interesting considering the why behind that, right? So if you think about it, if you are paying 30 to 50% more for your butter and eggs, if inflation is sky high, you are going to have to look at where you're cutting costs. Um, and I, I think that, you know, people are not going to be paying for CNN Plus, which, of course, that piece of garbage went absolutely down the drain in about three weeks. Um, so you're, you're, you're going to be looking at your subscriptions to the Washington Post, of course, which just laid off massive or announced massive layoffs. Um, so I do think that the economy is a factor as we move into 2023 and we have a recession looming. I think that these companies are looking at their business models, looking at their subscribers and realizing we're not going to be able to hang on to the audience that we had. I find that a little bit interesting because if you recall, over the past two to three years, these are the legacy media establishments that pushed the COVID lockdowns the most. They are the ones that were shoving this on the American people. If, you know, if you, if you look back two years ago, if you go outside, you're going to kill grandma. If you gather with your family, everybody's going to die. Um, you know, and so I, I think that the irony here is that the very shutdowns and the very economic collapse that they push is now what's triggering the problems that they are facing. So I do find that to be a bit interesting. I also think, though, even when you look among people that lean left, I think a lot of Americans are incredibly sick of turning to places like CNN, which actually used to be, back in the day, I'm talking years ago, a fairly straightforward and reliable source of news, not in recent years. I think people are tired of turning to these more establishment media sources and getting preached at constantly about how they should feel, what they should vote for. Um, everything is racist. Everything is phobic. The diatribes on these in these sources that you can't even call it news anymore. I mean, you look at somebody like Don Lemon, who was demoted from an evening show that nobody watched to a morning show that nobody watched. Brian Stelter, all of these people that were supposedly news anchors that did nothing but preach leftist propaganda at people ad nauseum. And I think people ultimately got sick of it. So what you're starting to see now is a turn to social media, not just Facebook anymore, right? But social media um, uh, in, in terms of um, short form videos, that's becoming very prevalent. But you're also seeing more subscription based online sources. Um, so I, I, I will point out that um, even as places like The Washington Post and CNN and these newspapers are announcing layoffs, one thing that's interesting is over at MRC TV, we've seen more people coming to our website 
than we ever have before over the last year or two. Places like the Daily Wire are booming with subscribers. Um, so I think you're seeing a shift in where Americans are getting their news, and it's no longer these legacy places that just preach to everybody over the past couple of years. Right. I mean, what, what I've seen and uh, what I've read in terms of the research is that there is a fragmentation a balkanization that's taking place in where people are moving to get news that is uh, friendly toward their tribe that they realize is coming from a viewpoint that that they agree with not not that they want them to tell them what they want to hear but they want to know that they're not going to be bashed or looked down upon because they believe that America is a great country that they believe marriage should be between a man and a woman and so on and so forth Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. I think you're starting to see more of a splintering, and the Internet offers that, right? Um, you, you are starting to see, I think, people more compartmentalizing into camps, which is somewhat a blessing and somewhat a curse. But, right. again, I fault, I, fault the media's, I, I, I fault the media's recent history of creating that tribalism in the first place. If you had had a media that was actually doing their job, simply reporting the straight facts, simply, um, you know, focusing on what Americans needed to know and not having this bias, playing people against one another, um, trying to to create this sort of, uh, you know, it, it's it's these these crazy conservatives over here on the right and they're idiots. However, you know, what, what did they say over on Don Lemon show a couple of years ago that these are just, you know, hapless rubes? That was contributing to the very fragmentation that I think you're starting to see. What were conservatives yeah. supposed to do? What were right-leaning people supposed to do? Well, I know that the left doesn't like to believe this, but there are millions of right-leaning people in this country. Well, of course they weren't going to put up with what, that. What's interesting, Brittany, I think this tracks with, I mean, we've gone from liberals in this country to leftist. And, you know, I've been at this for, for 20 years. When I first came to Washington 20 years ago, I was on, and, and people are shocked when I tell them this, but I was on MSNBC more than any other network. I would be on with Chris Matthews on Hardball, and we would have debates. Now, I was always outnumbered, but we would have debates. We, we don't have that anymore in our society. It's just ranting, and, and there's no discussion, no dialogue, not even the debates over the issues. And that's the difference between liberals and leftists. And I think after Barack Obama... It appears that the media, the curtain was pulled back, and we realize that the media is filled with leftists. Well, and you see that, too, when you look at um, even just what we've seen recently on Twitter with the intentional squashing of information or points of view during the COVID pandemic that the legacy media didn't like, that leftists didn't like, that leftists in the government didn't like. There was an entire, you want to talk about collusion, there was an entire collusion going on to try to control what information people got so that they could control what people believed. And I think that the proverbial mask, if you will, sort of got pulled off over the past couple of years, like you said, um, where not not only was the bias exposed, but the fact that information was intentionally being withheld from the American people and that agendas were being pushed and it wrecked people's lives. I, th I think that that's something that the left still has not had the self-reflection to understand. The fallout from the COVID pandemic 
and the shutdowns and everything that was pushed on the public and all of the finger wagging and all of the self-righteous nagging that we got from the legacy media impacted more people than just the idiot conservatives that they thought were too stupid to understand what was going on. We now have millions of people who have been impacted, hundreds of thousands of school children who are behind academically. And they're not all from conservative right-leaning families. Even left-leaning families are getting this. It wrecked businesses. It wrecked landlords. And now we're starting to see that a lot of the positions on the right that we were screaming about, masking children uh, and the, the detrimental effects of keeping kids out of classrooms and the economic effects of shutting down businesses while pumping stimulus cash into the economy, all of those things that were squashed on sites like Twitter are now being vindicated. And I think people are starting to yeah. wake up to the fact that all of these media outlets were shoving this down people's throats and shutting down any opportunity for dissent. And right. I think that's been exposed now. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's only going to fuel people turning away from legacy media to alternative news sources. Uh, Brittany, we're out of time, but very quickly, how can people find out more about MRC-TV? Well, you can head over to MRCTV.org. Again, we have seen an absolute boom in people coming to our website, so I don't know what's going on over there at CNN, but at MRCTV.org, we have all of your social and cultural stuff. Our sister site, Newsbusters.org, does a phenomenal job of breaking down media bias. They don't miss a thing, uh, so you can check us out, both of those all websites. Right. And we'll do that because I go there regularly. Brittany, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tony. Folks. Rob Bluey joins us next from The Daily Signal. Don't go away. More straight ahead. After the long election season our nation just went through, many Americans are ready to shift their focus to celebrating with their loved ones. But at Family Research Council, we know that this is perhaps the most dangerous time of the year for our shared values, thanks to Congress's lame duck session. Long before the elections, we began preparing for this moment when we knew leftists and squishy Republicans in Congress would use the distraction of the holidays to push through legislation that undermines biblical principles. You have helped us accomplish so much in 2022, and through your timely gift, you can help us prepare to counter the left's agenda and seize opportunities in front of us in 2023. Join FRC by texting GIVE to 67742, and your gift will have double the impact thanks to a generous challenge match. This holiday season, we must remain vigilant. Partner with FRC by texting GIVE to 67742 so we can continue advancing biblical values. Attention university students, are you looking to be equipped as a Christian leader and to influence the culture from a biblical worldview? Join us at Family Research Council for our internship program. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, you will grow personally and professionally. This paid 12 to 15 week program is designed to give you real world experience and to prepare you for wherever God calls you. Apply today at frc.org internships. Persecution of Christians is growing globally and becoming more aggressive every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares stories from those who have faced religious persecution and takes a close look at the tragic circumstances Christians often face due to threatening opposition to their faith. 
The book's true stories of real perseverance and devotion offer encouragement and hope. Heroic faith also provides insights into the ideologies behind the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the plight of these faithful believers. It is important for us to learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ who suffer deeply and do what we can to help them. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. With FRC's Stand Firm app, you will have access to all of our content right at your fingertips. The Stand Firm app provides you with a variety of resources, such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and Washington Stand articles. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that matter to you. Visit the App Store on your mobile device and search Stand Firm to download FRC's Stand Firm app. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Be sure and check it out. Lots of resources there for you. Trust in the legacy media to report the news fully, accurately, and fairly is at a near record low. Surprise, surprise. That coming according to the Gallup and their uh, recent polling on this. Just 34% of Americans have a great deal or fair amount of confidence in the media. So there is clearly a need for trusted news sources. Thankfully, there are organizations that are rising up to meet the challenge of that need. Like the Heritage Foundation, they have uh, launched, actually it was eight and a half years ago, they launched the Daily Signal. They saw this coming, much like we saw at the Family Research Council launching this program, Washington Watch, 12 years ago. The Daily Signal has been out there in written form, uh, keeping people informed as to what's happening from a from a conservative perspective, which gives us confidence in what they're reporting. With me now to talk about this is Rob Bluey. He's Heritage Foundation's vice president for communications, and he's the executive editor of the Daily Signal. Rob, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me today. Well, eight and a half years into this, the Daily Signal's gotten a lot of traction. It's doing quite well. Tell us what uh, was behind the launch of this. Well, Tony, we felt that there was an audience out there was be, that was being underserved or not served at all, frankly, and it was a conservative Christian audience that, in frankly, too many of the mainstream and legacy media companies had just abandoned uh, through their naked partisan or ideological reporting on so many different issues. And so the Daily Signal, much like the Washington Stand and your program, has decided to step in and fill that void. And we do it through both fact-based, truthful coverage, and uh, both, you know, conservative commentary and analysis of the issues. Now, I would say, Rob, if there were not a need for this or a demand, you wouldn't be still doing this eight and a half years into it. That's right. Uh, I think the situation actually is much worse today than it was eight and a half years ago. Uh, you cited that poll. I mean, we continue to see poll after poll. The trust in the news media is at historic lows, and for good reason. 
you look at some of the things that have played out over just the past couple of years. I mean, you go back to even the start of the Trump administration uh, several years ago when there was just this intent focus on Russia collusion, which we all know now uh, really didn't amount to much at all. It was an effort on the part of both the left and the media to conspire in many ways to stymie the Trump administration from accomplishing many of the policy priorities that it wanted to get across. And you see it even today in the collusion and the collaboration between social media companies, which have become very important sources of distribution for sites like ours, the Daily Signal, in order to get our message out. We communicate directly with the American people, but we rely on social media platforms to do that. So how have those social media platforms been toward the Daily Signal? You know, early on, Tony, it was very successful. Back in 2014, 2015, Facebook and some of the other platforms were the primary source of traffic. Uh, 75% of our traffic at one point came from Facebook. We started to see that change around 2016 when they were tweaking the algorithm and making changes, not only to depress the amount of news content that was showing up in the feed, but I think the amount of Christian or conservative content that they were displaying as well. And so as a result, we've had to change our strategy. We've uh, certainly invested in the growth of an email list and, and communicating through other means, uh, and it's been a challenge. Uh, fortunately, uh, with the change that we've seen at Twitter, there has been some growth just in the course of the last month. I think more and more conservatives and Christians are flocking to that platform because they understand that Elon Musk is committed uh, to the free exchange of ideas. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. We saw the we've seen the same things at the Family Research Council. So let's talk a little bit about what goes into building and maintaining an independent alternative media platform and, and source of information like the Daily Signal. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were constructing our team, we wanted to fill certain voids. And one of those areas was the lack of investigative reporting or really looking at what government was doing and holding them accountable. I mean, this is one of the, the key hallmarks that journalists were supposed to be doing at, at so many of the legacy publications, but had instead abandoned that beat and decided to focus on other things instead. And so we have made that a priority. We just added a, a new investigative columnist, Tony Kinnett, whose focus is on, is on education and so many of the corrupt things that are taking place in our public schools around this country. And so really taking a, a close look at some of those areas where they're not getting the type of coverage that uh, we think that they deserve. But I think the other important aspect of that, being part of the Heritage Foundation, we have a tremendous wealth of scholars who have expertise in a whole number of policy areas. And that's a competitive advantage that we feel we can bring to the table. So having their commentary and analysis both on foreign policy and domestic policy, uh, has been a key contributor to our growth. Yeah, I think it's it's critical. You guys do great work over there, and we're always happy to, to partner with you. But I'm going to talk a little bit, Rob, about the future as we see. I was talking earlier in the program about the decline of the legacy media, uh, not just in terms of the credibility, but that's starting to show up in that uh, they're having to lay people off. We're seeing them shrinking because Quite frankly, nobody's listening. So what is the role of alternative media sites such as the Daily Signal going forward into the future? Well, I, I do think that there is great potential in the future uh, for many of the reasons you've cited. I mean, look no further than what's happening at CNN. Obviously, a new boss there who wants to make a big pivot from the direction CNN was headed in the past. They're going through big layoffs, as you mentioned, but they're also trying to, I think, pick up uh, an audience that they long ago abandoned and, and go back to more traditional news reporting. And so that's one of the areas that I, I'm really bullish about for the future is to do that hard-hitting reporting. I think there are so many policy issues, so many cultural issues that uh, are being ignored, so many Americans who feel that they're just not getting the truth. And so to the extent that we can go out and cover stories outside of Washington and tell those 
stories about what's happening in people's communities and their schools, uh, things that uh, they don't like in their own backyard, and they just feel like there's nobody there who's a voice. As we've seen the decline of weekly newspapers, of daily newspapers all across this country, I think organizations like the Daily Signal, the Washington Stand, are, are going to have to step in and fill that void. Very quickly, how important is accuracy in reporting when it comes to the Daily Signal? Oh, it, it's paramount, Tony. I mean, that's uh, one of the things that uh, we say first and foremost, that uh, we have to be factually correct. Our credibility rests on the ability to be accurate, and I think that uh, unfortunately, so many journalists uh, have abandoned that, and they, they have a preset agenda that they approach with any particular story they're working on. And we want to make sure that we're quoting people accurately and fairly. That's uh, what we need to do. And you are you're doing that. I trust it as a source for myself. Very quickly, we're up against a break. How can people find out more about The Daily Signal? Well, please visit DailySignal.com. And, Tony, we love publishing your columns there as well, so thank you for the contributions. All right, Rob, great to see you. Have a, have a great day. Thank you. And, folks, it is. It's one of those sources. People ask, all right, where do you get your news? Daily Signal is one of them. They're a trusted source. And they have, as Rob was saying, we work closely with Heritage Foundation. They have a wealth of knowledge just within their own walls of that building. So you can trust them. All right, don't go away. We're going to continue this conversation about trusted news sources. We're going to be uh, talking to the Christian Post next. Don't go away. It is so important for God's children to spend time with Him in His Word. But at times, knowing where to start can prove difficult. And for some, creating a habit of reading the Word daily is even harder. That is why Family Research Council offers their Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that helps you read the Bible daily, so you can understand the nature of God, how His Word speaks into cultural issues, and grow closer to Him. We know that the Word of God is rich, for it is written that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And so it is important for believers to read the Word and apply it to everyday life. God's Word is powerful, but we don't have to be overwhelmed or intimidated at the thought of reading it. We can explore the Word with other believers so that we may better understand it and be transformed by it together. Join us by signing up today to get the daily passages and questions. Just go to frc.org Bible. In today's culture, men need a battle plan, a call to biblical manhood, where they can be reminded of God's design for them to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Curtin's new book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan for men on how to take on their God-given responsibility in a culture swiftly turning away from God's design. The authors present the Old Testament book of Joshua and his leadership as the focus of their study, asking readers to consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. Now is the time for men to take on their role in the family and society and truly live out their God-given purpose. To purchase your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Washington Watch. And I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. All right. Focused on the question that today is where do you get your information? 
You know, people asking me this all the time, and it's a great question, as I talked about earlier in the program. And this comes as the legacy media continues its decline. It can't be trusted. It's bias. It, it has a clear ad- objective. It's become a part of the opposition to everything conservative. But Christians are fortunate that there are Christian alternatives. And when I say Christian, I mean Bible-based alternatives, those, those that are looking through the lenses of Scripture. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the program. But one of these outlets that I turn to for information and news is the Christian Post. Joining me now to share why it's so vital to have news from a biblical perspective is our, uh, in, in our daily news diet is John Grano. He is the senior manage, managing editor at the Christian Post. John, welcome to Washington Watch. Oh, thank you very much. Tony, it's a pleasure to talk with you in person. Been a fan for years. Well, thank you. I I read the Christian Post uh, on a regular basis. It's in my daily news feed. It's one of those sources that I turn to. And let's talk a little bit about the origins. It's been around for a while. Uh, what was the uh, the impetus to create the Christian Post? Well, the Christian Post started, uh, I think, in the year 2000. Maybe it was the year 2001. Um, uh, and they actually published uh, lyrics to songs and um, Christian memes and uh, just tried to push content out to a Christian audience. Uh, but as they grew, yeah, they, they, they grew very large, very quick. They wanted to start to do more meaningful content. And that kind of became a news operation, I would say, just before 2005. Now, I joined them in 2011 when they kind of hit a crisis point. Um, 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 they were way bigger than, than their, uh, their editorial uh, uh, um, chops were, were able to, to, to uh, uh, support at the time. So they were looking around for help. So they were asking, uh, asking around, uh, and that was a time when I was just retiring from a 35-year career of, um, of uh, publishing in secular news. For a company called Inside Washington Publishers, I was planning on retiring and riding my horse, um, but uh, they came and asked me to teach an investigative reporting uh, uh, a seminar, and and we hit it off. I, I found I, you know, for once I would have an opportunity to to uh, uh, um, continue to be a journalist, which is my passion, uh, um, and also uh, uh, be a you look as you said through a Christian lens, which is my primary passion in life. So um, um, I come to them as a secular journalist. I come to them as a uh, as a um, um, uh, a person who spent ninety percent of my career just doing news, just just news. So um, I think that helped because that's when we first started. Hey, well, who we're going to be? Well, we're going to be biblically sound, and and there were some theological issues way back when uh, as well. And um, and we're going to be uh, journalistically objective, you know. I, I, when people ask me to describe the Christian Post, it's it's the New York Times of the 1950s, uh, when 50 percent or more of uh, of the editors were biblically literate. Right. So, so, what trends do you see in the media? I mean, I just talked about one of how we we're seeing a decline. There's no denying the decline in the legacy media. What do you see, having been in this for so long? What trends do you see, and where is it going? The biggest issue is censorship. I mean, we are we are now in a censored media society, and it's um, 
sometimes self-censored, often self-censored, but uh, it's also there's a there's a um, um, I might even use the word collusion um, um, between the government and mainstream media right now. I think I think the the biggest thing that the you know, the Twitter files are a very interesting uh, peek into I think the problem and the trend, and uh, the Twitter files in themselves are frankly tangential because Twitter has the right, just like I have the right, to publish anything I want. So um, um, that's that's protected under the Constitution and the First Amendment. Um, um, but what the Twitter files are exposing is a almost daily, certainly weekly, um, communication between um, the FBI and other defense intelligence um, and, and uh, um, the um, domestic law enforcement, and there there is cooperation at the very least collusion. I don't know. That's a that's a charged word right now. I, I'd rather be able to prove a, right. a specific than 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 talking generalities there. But you certainly see the cooperation there, and that is producing uh, censorship. So you're not the Twitter files themselves are a perfect example. Um, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post, ABC. They're not covered. John, you don't even really know. We're, we're up against a break. People don't really know about it. We're going to have to go. But let me just quickly ask you the question. Is that new or is it just that we're coming to know what's happening or is it so blatant, this censorship that's taking place? Well, I suspect it's so de rigueur now that it's, it has been happening for a long time, but it's just coming to light. That's yeah. The Twitter files basically expose that this is this is what's happening. Yeah. John, uh, quickly, how can people find out more about the Christian Post? ChristianPost.com. Easy to reach. There's there's an app, too. Very straightforward. John, thanks for joining us today. Keep up the great work. Thank you. And, and folks, again, another one of the uh, trusted sources that we use here at the Family Research Council. You ask, where do you turn? One of those is the Christian Post. Now, there, there are more, and I can't get them all into this one program, but those are... A couple of the sources, Daily Signal, Christian Post. And next, my favorite, we're going to be talking about the Washington stand and what was behind the launch of Washington Watch. Suzanne Bowdy joins me next. Don't go away. Today, there are countless news outlets and so much opposing information. It can be hard to find a source you can really trust. This is why Family Research Council created the Washington stand. FRC's online news platform with a goal to provide readers with honest, free, and timely news stories and commentaries, all from a biblical worldview. The Washington Stand is based in Washington, D.C., with a team of reporters who provide reliable information on the top issues of the day. They cover breaking news on the biggest Supreme Court decisions, share critical stories in public education, give updates on the state of religious liberty domestically and abroad, and more. The Washington Stand was created to keep you and your family informed on events that are affecting faith, family, and freedom. Stay informed and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. Again, that's WashingtonStand.com. 
Are you a university student or do you know a university student? One looking to be equipped as a Christian leader and to learn how to promote faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture? Join us at Family Research Council for our 12 to 15 week internship program. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, you will grow in personal and professional development. You will have the opportunity to work in a variety of departments with positions ranging from policy to communications, allowing you to gain real-world experience working directly with our experts. FRC seeks to guide interns in pursuing careers of influence so they can make a difference wherever God calls them. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to grow in community and experience the city. Take the next step in your professional journey and have the experience of a lifetime. Visit FRC.org slash internships to apply. When persecution comes, will you be prepared to stand? Throughout Scripture, believers are told that they should expect to be persecuted. In John, Jesus warns his disciples that if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. With that knowledge, Christians shouldn't live in fear, but they ought to prepare their hearts to stand faithfully in the face of trials. Most Christians in the U.S. feel far removed from the threat of persecution, but Pastor Andrew Brunson knows persecution well. In October 2016, Brunson was held for two years in Turkish prisons after being falsely accused of terrorism. After a worldwide prayer movement and significant political pressure from the U.S. government, he was released in October 2018. And since then, Andrew has taken up the call to urge Christians in the West to prepare for hostility. Brunson led an eight-part video series titled Prepare to Stand to help fellow believers. Watch this important series by going to frc.org slash prepare to stand. I'm Tony Perkins. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Washington Watch. Now, hopefully you have discovered by now, but FRC has our own brand new, as of earlier this year, news outlet. It's called The Washington Stand. Now, if you haven't already bookmarked it, it is at WashingtonStand.com. Now, in addition to leading the Family Research Council and hosting Washington Watch, I'm also the Washington Stand's executive editor. Now, we cover news from a biblical perspective for spiritually active, governance-engaged conservative. Now, when I say biblical perspective or biblical uh, we're, we're looking at this news. We're, we're not hiding the fact that we're Christian. We're here in our nation's capital, and we're covering these issues from a faith-filled perspective, meaning we look at the world through the lenses of Scripture. We've, we talk a lot about biblical worldview here on, the, on Washington Watch, but we believe that the news, and, and we were just talking about this earlier with John uh, Grainer, that he says back in the 1950s, that was the viewpoint that, you got from the New York Times. It was not everybody necessarily a Christian, but you had a worldview that was oriented according to transcendent truth. And so that is what we do here with the Washington Stand. And to uh, tell us more about this, we have a very special guest to talk about all that the Stand has to offer. Suzanne Bowdy is our editorial director and senior writer and the heart of the Washington Stand. Suzanne, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right. So I mentioned uh, in my description of the stand how we characterize the news, how I do. Let me ask you, how would you characterize the stand and the work that we do? 
Well, I think we occupy a very interesting space in the media. You just have Rob Bluey on. We just talked to the Christian Post. And I think what's interesting about the stand and what's unique about it is, yes, we're in Washington, D.C., like the Heritage Foundation. Yes, we cover news from a biblical perspective. But we're also right here at a 40-year-old policy organization with our own set of experts. We're making our own news right here on Washington Watch. And I think that's very important for the content that we're producing, that we, we have you as an asset and we have our policy experts right here in the building to help. Now, Suzanne, you have been at FRC um, actually a little bit longer than me. You've been around a while and you've watched the trends you know, there was a time in which the Family Research Council, as you mentioned, we've got all of our policy experts. We've got uh, nearly 120 people working on various aspects of, of policy, cultural research, you, you name it. We're kind of working on it all as it pertains to family from a biblical perspective. The trends that we've seen over the last 15 years, the last 10 years with uh, great intensity, is the, the legacy media moving away from that perspective. And so w there was a time when our experts would go on CNN, uh, MSNBC, Fox News. It doesn't happen anymore. And therefore, that was kind of the genesis, not only behind the Washington Watch uh, a dozen years ago, but now more intently with the Washington stand. Well, I think Americans are taking the same pers perspective uh, and their same skepticism about institutions like Congress, like the government and schools into the media. And there's very little safe space now to distinguish between the truth and the lies. At this point, the media isn't even telling the whole story. Um, we can't even make up our own minds about what we think about a certain piece of news because we're not getting all the facts. And I think that's what's important about the rise of alternative media is that now groups like the Heritage Foundation, the Christian Post, Breitbart, and others can actually bring to light a full range of perspectives. You know, we heard just this week about the Twitter files, NBC, ABC, NBC News, none of them even covered the story. So I think there's a real blackout in terms of Americans getting the facts to make up their own minds. I asked Rob Bluey this question about the Daily Signal and how important accuracy and being factual was that this is their work was simply not to promote, you know, their viewpoint, but to actually present the facts. And as conservatives, we're not afraid of the facts. No, absolutely not. And I, I work for you. You believe in the truth. I think that's one of the defining things about the Washington stand is that we lean into the truth. I was talking to one of our veteran reporters, Ben Johnson, who came on board in June, and I said, you know, why did you want to work here? You've been at the Daily Wire, you've been at LifeSite News. And he said, what is different about this opportunity is the absolute commitment to truth. And, and when I say truth, I don't just mean the facts. I mean God's truth. He has an opportunity, like we all do now here at FRC, to present the news in light of what Scripture says. And I think for those, those Christians out there who feel marginalized by the agenda of the news media, who feel like... They, their beliefs aren't the popular beliefs of the time. One of the most important things that we can do is to tell them they're not alone, that there are people out there who share their beliefs. And in my opinion, that's one of the greatest things the stand does. It lets people know they're not alone. I know recently in the marriage uh, debate, I actually got a card from someone in South Carolina who thanked me just for talking about the pro-marriage position of Henry McMaster. He's the governor in South Carolina. He had just been in 
a debate, a heated debate with his challenger for that seat. And the question of marriage came up. Now, most people aren't covering the issue of marriage or weren't until this became an issue in the Senate. We were. We were committed to it. We go to those areas that other places don't. And she said, I just want to thank you for pointing out the heroism and courage of somebody like a Henry McMaster who didn't shy away from his beliefs. And by talking about those stories, we're encouraging others to stand. I mean, it's it's your saying, you know, when all else fails, stand. And that's what we're doing. Talk, talk a little bit about some of those stories, Suzanne, that uh, really in the six months, a little over six months that the stand has been in place. What are some of those big stories that the stand has uh, has broken? Well, one thing that you won't see a lot of in the mainstream media or even from the Biden administration, we covered a lot of the attacks on pregnancy care centers. We covered a lot of the attacks on churches following the Dobbs decision. That was something that wasn't even tracking in the mainstream media. I I love that groups like The Stand and groups like Christian Post and, and The Daily Signal can actually amplify the issues that matter to us, that we can actually create a brush fire where the media at some point can't help but pay attention. So that was a story. I think some of the unique coverage that we've had in the education sphere, having our own experts on, encouraging people um, to run for school board, telling them how to do that. I also think that our little niche into corporate activism, which is a passion of mine, I know right after the Dobbs decision, all of those companies came out and said, we're going to cover abortion travel for our employees and directly fund the killing of unborn children. And the stand published a story listing all of those companies. I think that was a great resource. It's still in one of the top five stories stories that we've had because people are hungry. There's an appetite for that kind of truth that no one else is sharing. I think some of the things we've done in the transgender movement, is that fun to cover? Absolutely not. But someone needs to point out the harm that's being done to children in our country. Uh, One of our reporters, Joshua Arnold, actually did sort of an investigative piece on the hospitals that are performing children's gender transitions, which caught the attention of a lot of mainstream outlets. And those hospitals were forced to answer for that. Some of them shut down their programs. Other senators like Marsha Blackburn applied pressure because of the issues that we raised. So it serves a fundamental purpose to go into these unique spaces and tell the stories no one else is. Yeah, so it's not only informing like-minded, uh, what we call sage cons, uh, spiritually active governance-engaged conservatives, not only informing them, but it's also holding the media accountable and prompting action by those that are in positions of authority. And you mentioned the corporate activism, the wokeness that has taken over corporate America. I know that is a past few years. In fact, my kids often say, what does Suzanne say when it comes to <laughs> these issues? Because they know you are passionate about that. Um, Again, what prompted me to do this program is that as I travel, people ask me, where do you get your news sources? So I'm going to ask you that question as you do a lot of your resources, uh, research. And I know we we try to go uh, as much as possible to original sources. A lot of it is a lot of the contents created right here on Washington Watch. And we go to direct sources. But we also want to be informed about what's happening. What are the some of the sources you turn to that you trust? Well, absolutely, Washington Watch, first of all, we get a lot of our original comment because you have such a breadth of congressmen, senators, newsmakers, influencers. So when all possible, we're coming here. But also, I think there are a lot of great places. I know I know there's a dearth 
of outlets that that really do tell the whole story. But I go to the post millennial. Um, if you watched last last September's Pray Vote Stand Summit, you saw editor in chief Libby Emmons. Her team is doing a great job there. It's a small team, but they're breaking news all over the place, especially about controversial culture wars. Um, Breitbart News. I go to the Daily Wire. I go to uh, the Daily Caller. Uh, there are a lot of places. Christian Post you had on Daily Signal. You featured um, Newsmax, CNS News. There are outlets out there who are telling the truth and who are linking arms with us to give people the facts. You've you've been many places here at the Family Research Council. You've done you've worn several hats. Most of them in the writing aspect. And be, besides working for me. Uh, what has been the most exciting aspect of being at the Family Research Council when you look at what you're doing now and the future of this? I have to say, and I think, you know, I alluded to Ben earlier, but I think coming into work every day and knowing that you can work on something you're passionate about, I mean, now we're choosing what stories we're writing. We're choosing what's important. We're setting an agenda we're, we're asking God's guidance in what we do. And I, I honestly think just coming in and, and working for a cause that I believe in is the greatest. And doing that through the stand with others who care too, with, with really talented people who are committed to Christ and who are committed to looking at the news through the lens of Jesus Christ, it's, it's powerful to me and I hope it's powerful to our readers. What we are experiencing with the media is we see the the legacy media moving away from the content that we create. I, I often refer to it as kind of like Amazon. You know, I know not everybody likes Amazon, but pretty much everybody has ordered something from Amazon. If you go back over the history of that uh, that company, they used to use um, FedEx and UPS to deliver their product. But uh, I think those companies started pushing Amazon's products to the back, and so Amazon said, oh, we're going to create our own distribution system. They didn't change who they were. They were just changing what they were doing in terms of the delivery of their content. And, and we're, we're the same way. We're not changing what we do at the Family Research Council. We're still a po public policy organization in our nation's capital working to shape policy as it pertains to the family from a biblical perspective. We've been doing that for 40 years. We're going to continue to do that. But the times demand that we have to deliver our own content. And I'm excited about the Washington stand and what it is doing already. In just six months, we have, uh, in fact, let me just ask you this. Mention some of the folks that have come to us that have wanted to place op-eds in the Washington oh, wow. stand. Right. We've had Mike Pompeo, Dr. Carson, Jody Heiss. I mean, we've had newsmakers. We've had George Barna. I mean, James Langford, you can just go up and down the list of conservative influencers who want their message to get out through the stand. And and just in this short amount of time, I mean, we're just talking about since June, we've had 2.7 million views. We have a half million subscribers right now. And, and our little team, which I'm proud of, has put out almost a thousand articles of commentary and news. So we're making small strides that I hope grow into a wonderful thing that more people embrace in the SagePond movement. So talk a little bit about how folks can find out more about the Washington Stand, how they can sign up, subscribe, how they can get the uh, the material, the publication. Right. So just go to WashingtonStand.com. We're also on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And you can find us there. And right here on your program. You plug us regularly, so thanks. I do, and, and I think maybe one of the questions that uh, people have about all of the uh, the writers at the Washington Stand, do they sit or stand when they write? <laughs> they sit, but don't tell Tony Perkins. Oh, okay. 
All right. Suzanne, you're doing a great job. I am so proud of the Washington Stand and the Washington Stand team. Um, remarkable in just the first six months of the impact that it has made. Thank you. All right. Suzanne Bowdy, she used to actually write the Daily Update. For those of you who have been around a while, I used to do the, uh, the Daily Update, but it was replaced six months ago by the Washington Stand, which I think is outstanding because, as she said, um, we have we have writers, we have reporters that are, and we have a, a, a meeting each morning, just like I used to have uh, when I was in a newsroom, and we would look at the issues, what is important, what's breaking, what information did we get. In fact, by the way, folks, you can send us a tip. I should have asked Suzanne about that, but you can just do this. You can, uh, if you've got a news tip, you can go to the Washington Stand and send it to us. And we'll follow up on, in fact, several stories that we've gotten have been from listeners of Washington Watch and readers of the Washington Stand. And we'll follow, our reporters will follow up on it. So you can either email me at Tony at TonyPerkins.com or go to the Washington Stand site and uh, send us a note there. Because we, we want to know what's happening because we completely understand that the media is not reporting. The legacy media is not reporting the things that are important to you and to your family. So check it out, WashingtonStand.com. Sign up, get on the list so that you'll get the daily, daily updates from the Washington Stand. And, of course, tune in every day for Washington Watch and share the information with your friends as well. All right, I do hope you're enjoying this time of the year, a little, little laid back, a little different. Hope you're enjoying times with family and with friends. All right, once again, I want to leave you with the encouraging words from the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything that you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.